Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as light workers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Word, we will discuss a word, think community, balance, tenacity, etc., in hopes of motivating our audience to incorporate more of that into their lives. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. How are we doing? Good morning. Good morning. We are so happy to be back in the studio. We haven't been here in like a month, right? Is it? Over a month, maybe. I don't know. Time flies. We've had a busy November. If you follow along with us, we have not stopped moving. Um, for everyone that doesn't know me, I'm Jamie, one half of the Dreamcatchers, my sister Marissa to my right. Is it my right? Your left? I don't even know what you see. <laughs> um, we are so happy to have Monique Rosa here, here with us today. We're going to have her introduce herself in just a second. Um, but this is an episode of What's the Word? So we haven't done one of those in a while. Just to remind everyone about our pillars um, or what this pillar means to us. So when, you know, when we first started this podcast, we always did what's the, what's your story? And we just kind of unpacked somebody's like full life story and career path. Um, but we found that um, I want to share that we're live actually in a second. We found that, um, you know, sometimes we wanted to talk to somebody about a specific thing. And in this case, the thing that, I mean, I've met Manika now in several ways through town in Fairhaven, through dance, through being a mom, through all these other ways. And then I realized very late in the game that she can like slam like I've never seen anyone slam. And if you don't know what slam is, meaning like spoken word poetry that is epic mm. beyond so and I didn't know that about her until like last year so we're just so happy to have her t- today to talk about what's the word word get it word 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 words the word <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to th- actually Marissa do you have anything you wanted to add to that thing? no I mean I don't speak here <laughs> That's I just true. show up. That's not true. Um, show up and look pretty I, well yes well can you tell <laughs> um so Ironically, we when we say that she and Jamie met through dance, it was ironically me mm-hmm. that took you to dance um, and that she is my neighbor. And we, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like we were kind of like Kiss like love at Bashar it. Yeah. Sight a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I took her to our dance class, which Jamie is more loyal to than I, I am. This morning. Hashtag Tootsie. And why, why I was late. Sorry. I found out that she was a professional dancer, which I won't spoil alert, but and that I'll, mm. I won't say the rest, but um, she enjoyed that. And I think that was a nice transition into our community because she moved here. Was it right before? Was it COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nothing, May, it's nice to move. It's nice to move somewhere new during like May of 2020. Oh, yeah. That wasn't stressful. Well, no. <laughs> with like three kids. Yeah, two, no, I was yeah. pregnant. Two, yeah. two, and pregnant. two and a baby two and in pregnant. the belly. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good yeah. time to come. Yeah, 
Um, good time to do anything was May of 2020. That was a fun moment. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience, my love. All righty. Hi, everyone. My name is Monica Rosa. And um, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I wish that people would introduce me so kindly every time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that they do not. Um, well, Here, give it to me. I'll do it. I um yeah. What else to add to that? I am a mother of three, like you said, here in Fairhaven, and uh, we moved here a couple years ago. And I don't know. I was listening to another podcast um, a couple weeks ago, and this really like touched me. They said something about Have you guys watched that show? Um, from scratch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the creators of that. They were talking about like Earth mm-hmm. and like how like. You know, like when you're on like ground, like certain soil, like really just connects with you, you know, mm-hmm. and like that's just what I feel like when I'm like here, you know, when yeah. I go back home, um, I grew up in Maryland. When I go back home and talk to people, they're like, it sounds like you just are at the right place, like where you need to be, you know, yeah. like this area is really just it's soil, it's earth. It's something that has really just allowed for me to. Um, blossom in a way that is what you're seeing, I believe, you know, Mm -hmm. everything that you were describing about my voice and that you didn't recognize that I had this spoken word talent. Like, I don't think I did either. You know, like I knew it was like something that I wanted to do, but I wasn't really able to explore it fully where I was, you know, Mm. but now here there's just something magical about this place that allows me to see. And it's see. not just us that's at Monmouth that. County, yeah. man. We so, love yeah. it here. You said yeah. New my, Jersey. Who knew? Uh, we did. I did. <laughs> but my, my best friend, Carrie, says a quote all the time. I don't know where she got it from, but it is bloom where you're planted. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. she talks about how it, you try to cultivate the, the life that you want, the life that you need in the spot that you are. Mm-hmm. But I think where we are. You bloom inadvertently because you're fed by so many different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just don't live in a dry, one-dimensional place. We have culture and art and life and quality accessible to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can be in the city or you can be on a boat. You can be by the beach or you can be like right downtown Manhattan, Brooklyn, wherever. And everything is right here, which it's everybody yeah, no. let's not tell everybody. <laughs> All right, enough about the right, Actually, County. it sucks. It sucks here. Don't move here. <laughs> enough um, about me. Let's talk about you for a minute. Okay, so here's the deal. We I want to talk about spoken word and how you got into it in a minute. Yeah. Um, First of all, I just want to thank Shared Universe for having us today. And I also wanted to thank our sponsor for today, a dream partner of ours, um, Solo Bar. You know, with getting back into a routine after like some time, I feel like I need extra to get like regulated. I agree. I feel like getting back to school specifically right now, it's like, I don't even know what's happening. And did you know that Noelle Dwyer does classes in her backyard in Fairhaven? Like you could drop your kid and go there and take a class? No idea. So actually I had an idea, but I don't think I've checked out her Instagram enough to know how that she has a full schedule. Full schedule in her backyard at Solo Bar or www.solobar.com. Noelle is a friend of ours and she started Solo Bar. Um, pretty much during COVID. I mean, she used to work, I think she used to live in Westchester and she moved down here and brought the business with her. Um, really awesome stuff. Breath work, uh, bar class. It's Well, that's the part that I'm interested in too. It's like you do your workout and then she does, she helps you through like 15 minutes of breathing, which I know most of us need a lot of help with. And um, I love the way she does it because 
I'm guilty of meditating and falling asleep. Love- yeah, and by the way, she's the type of person that she teaches that meditation doesn't have to be like that. It no. can just be quick and breathing and taking five minutes for yourself at the end of each workout, which is what she builds into her class. Yeah, she builds in like a little inner luxury. And she's also does a bunch of stuff virtually. She's doing it online. She's looking for space to do it uh, during the winter months. But for now, you can do it in her backyard. She'll come to you with a group of people. She'll do it online for a group of people. Uh, really awesome stuff. Privates or mini groups? Private and mini groups. Um, check her out. Solo Bar, huge brand crush on Noelle and what she's doing. Dreamcatchers approved. She has a retreat coming up, by the way, and has a few spots left in January. And it's like mm-hmm. a solo retreat and you stay in these like, like Little- solo huts. Um, no. It looks pretty magical. Check it out um, on Instagram, Solo Bar. Anyway, hi, Noelle. We love you. Okay, so... Wanted to kind of unpack a little bit about how you got to where you are now. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we can talk about how you got to New Jersey. But yeah, first and foremost, we always ask this question to start because we find that it really, I don't know, gives us a real glimpse into our guests and how they started and why they are who they are. And we usually can correlate kind of your answer to a lot of other things. Um So first and foremost, what did you want to be when you grew up? Is that something that you, like your first ever memory of what you wanted to be when you were little? Um, So do you remember this show on Disney, Kids Incorporated? Of course. Kids Incorporated. (laughs) K-I-D-S. Oh, my God, you guys. So good. Are we soul sisters or what? Like Manika, Um, whatever. Yeah, it was Manika. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Fergie for the Black Eyed Peas. I I don't even remember that it was Fergie. Yes, you wanted to be that. I wanted that. I wanted to be on Kids Incorporated. And if I wasn't on Kids Incorporated, it was going to be Guts. Like, Oh, my God. Love. Yeah, Mm -hmm. from Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I just knew I wanted to be like a performer, you know, like I knew that I wanted to be on stage somewhere. Um, I'm the youngest of three. And so uh, I was always kind of just doing my own thing, like creatively in my bedroom because my siblings are six and 12 years older than me. Uh, So I was just kind of made to like you know, explore on my own. Everyone, I, I was basically like an only child, you know, at, yeah. some, at some point in time. So um, my siblings, my sister, I think was like 16 when I was about that age where I wanted, where I was like, oh, this is what I wanted to, you know, my brother was older and they would leave at like 6 7 o'clock in the morning to go to school. And my mom was a single mom. My dad died when I was um, eight years old. And um, I noticed very on, very early on, um, like the rhythm, you know, like the rhythm of my house changed, right? Um, It got quiet at a certain time. And to cope with that quiet and that like stillness and that loneliness, I would play music. Um, One of my favorite at the time was the cassette tape of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh my God, I love (laughs) Alvin and the Chipmunks. And they had um, Billie Jean on it. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, Uptown Girl on it. And that was my morning routine after my siblings left was to tap dance on our kitchen floor, scuffing it all up. And make your own music. And make my own music and deal with, you know, the realities that were a little bit hard for me to deal with at the time. And I just grew to love um, entertaining and dancing 
early on from that time because it was helping me emotionally get through something that was like so tough that I didn't know how to talk about. But I knew when I danced. You um, felt better. Yeah. I was healing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, normally we have to like figure out how to correlate somebody's first dream job to what we they do now. We don't really have to work hard there. <laughs> no. No. Thank you That's... for painting that picture for me. It was fairly easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but same girl, same. Mine was um, open the door, get on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. And I would say to my I would like mommy watch me was like, you know, my mom always says like it was just all day, every single day making up like weird dances in my living room. Or a den. Same thing. Yes. Um, oh, so I haven't I heard someone go. call it a den before either. Yeah. I, I, did we grow up in the same household? This yeah, is so strange. So, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah, our den. Um, we went down two little stairs. Marissa pushed me down once and I yeah. broke my leg. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that. I just realized what your what you, what did you want to be when you grew up wasn't in the question. So we stumped you. Mm. Um, I must have deleted it by accident because that's always our first question. So anyway. OK, so this is how you grew up, obviously, in Maryland. And then tell us a little bit about how that all started for you then. Like, what was your first job? How did you start, you know, career wise? Obviously, I don't need to unpack all the layers before that, although, of course, I'm sure so formative. Um, what was your first job? Like, what did you start doing with your life? And when we ask that, we're talking like your first actual job, not like yeah. your first career job. Yeah, like your job. Like, when? Did, yeah. what did you... Like, I, I, we find okay, that, I'm like, it was the one where like I got a W-2, the one where I had healthcare, <laughs> like which one? No, yeah, yeah. Before, healthcare. So, before healthcare. Before healthcare. Before so healthcare. We always ask that because we find it so interesting that our... Because our listenership is mostly, you know, career seekers, people that are currently looking for career inspiration. So we find that, like, it's so interesting to picture our guest as, you know, a tap dancing nine-year-old in her kitchen um, and then what she then decided to go do to earn money and then how we start to connect the dots as your career path has gone on. So what what was the first thing that you did that earned you any income? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so funny. I always say I have been on the same schedule since I was in kindergarten. Like I have always worked with kids. So my first job was being a counselor in training mm-hmm. uh, for a summer program in Gaithersburg, Maryland, where I grew up. And I designed like lesson plans right then and there. That was the first time that I got into learning what planning was. Mm. So I had to plan out like when we were going to play dodgeball, when we were going to do arts and crafts, when we were going to play, uh, what is the one ghost in the graveyard? Like when <laughs> yeah. I was going to get a break, you know, like, yeah. oh, we're going to play ghost in the graveyard for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it really started out with that. And then I obviously became a counselor and got to do more with that, like working and collaborating with my other counselors. And uh, it was a long day. I remember that first summer where I was a counselor and it was all on me. I wasn't just in training. It was all on me. I came home at 4.30 and fell flat asleep. I I was exhausted Mm -hmm. just from running around and participating with the kids. And I loved it. I loved every single part of these like dirty, gross hands pulling on my shirt, you know, come here, let's play this way. I loved every part about being outside, you know, and um, I did that for three or four years until I was hired for one summer before going off to school to be a nanny. Mm, so so I've always, a lot of yeah, sense. I've always worked with kids. So it, I think it's interesting, you know, what we always talk about is some of the foundational things that we pick up in those first jobs, mm. right? That we call upon um, 
throughout our career. Now, granted, yours is more like it's not gray. It's a black and white situation where you can draw upon your experiences then and Mm -hmm. talk about how they translate to now. But you did other things between then and now. Yeah. Um, And I I do – I always – Jamie spends a lot of time coaching – Jamie more than me, but we both do – relatively new grads. Um, And, you know, a lot of times people come to us and say, you know, I don't really have any work experience. Mm. And then we'll challenge them to be like, well, what have you done? And right here's that moment where like they were a CIT and yet here's a grown up that's doing – sorry, you're a grown up. But, you know, here's a grown up that's doing like X, Y, Z and is calling upon the skill set that she gained in her first section of career. Yeah, so this is is actually a really good segue into when we talk to these people that do their – like if anybody out there is working on their first resume – you know, people are like, well, you know, I should take the counseling stuff off or like yeah. the waitressing stuff off. I'm like, no, not if like, you can talk about your planning skills. This is the first right. thing that you said as to what you drew upon or what your first job was and that you still do. You know, even if it gets lower and lower on your resume or even if we just do like a bullet or none at all, mm-hmm. the fact that you were a camp counselor for six summers or whatever it is at any point in your life, that's working. Mm-hmm. And that's it shows loyalty. Set. It yeah. shows enthusiasm. It shows leadership. It shows a lot of things. Right. Management. So management. It yeah. shows the fact that you're responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things. Agreed. And you also have good energy. Right. Yeah. So, but I'm guessing at that time you were you were dancing at this point or doing other things. So, yeah, you found yourself doing other things on the side that conflicted with your jobs or what were you? Other thing that I was going to say is that you know exactly what you guys just mentioned that I didn't recognize at the time that like my strength was working with kids and you know building these little communities in that way because I had so many other things that so many other layers to what I was doing that I enjoyed as well. So I was dancing, I ran track, I played basketball, and um, I played soccer. And um, Remember the days where you could do all those things? I know. I'm like, and they didn't make you choose something at, thinking at, about at, at age six, though? Yes. Yeah. And they're like, want to be on our competitive team that you have yeah. to be here six days a week? I know. <laughs> and no longer can have any other interest? Oh, my yes. God. I know. I know. I, it wasn't until high school that that really hit me that I had to then you, choose. Right. Where at this day and age, your kid has to choose. They have to like choose when six they years come old. out of the womb. Yeah, yeah. correct. So what are you going to be? Are you going to play travel <laughs> soccer? I'm sorry. You have, I'm sorry you're not if walking you yet. If you are, hold this soccer ball. Yeah. Okay. Actually, don't use your hands. Only use your feet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, I didn't realize that's what I wanted to do. I really just kind of wanted to go to college because everybody else was going to college at the time, you know. Um, But I landed on the best university in the country, the Ohio State University. Uh Uh-oh. Ming. (laughs) Because I was with my dance. The Ohio State University. The Ohio State. Um, I was with my dance troupe at the time, and um, I had gotten an honor and privilege to go perform at Hawaii at the at the Pro Bowl for the halftime show. Wow. And yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. And from there, I got asked if I wanted to do these summer camps with their um, instructors. And at the summer camps, we went to different college campuses. And that's where I saw Ohio State for the first time. And I was like, <gasps> mm-hmm. like, you know, like Animal Farm, like college, like that's what it was to me. It was like, yeah, college, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, this is it. And my 
family's a big football family. So I knew like I wanted to be in that kind of environment. Did you go to Michigan during that tour of the Mich- of the college? Why campus? would I do something? I'm just like curious because insidious. I'm, no, I just I'm curious. I'm so like, glad I'm re- sitting re- in the middle. If you reacted that way to Ohio State, like what other colleges did you go to when you went through um, that program? That's such a cool way to see college campuses. I'm just like, yeah, not even like, classifying it. No, I just I, I'm, I'm just like if you also like also went to Ann Arbor during that tour, you maybe would have been torn. I'm just yeah, saying. That's true. That's a good point. I I'm just saying, we didn't go to right, or Ohio like to was Madison the furthest or, that we went. Okay. Yeah. So, so where else did you go? When you go, you're like, whoa, Maryland? these are all yeah, awesome. A lot of Maryland yeah. like, campuses. Yeah. Which I knew I didn't want to be a part of Maryland. Again, just going back to like that soil thing. Like I just knew I wanted to. That's why I didn't Maryland. go. I, Rutgers is a great school and now part of the Big Ten and very rah-rah and all the things I wanted in college. But I didn't want to go to Rutgers because I was it was New Jersey. Yeah. I just wanted to you go wanted a little to, further. Yeah, yeah. Just see what every state school is a little different. Like if you're from Michigan, you want to go to Michigan. If you're right. from Ohio, a lot of people want to go to Ohio right. State. Like for us, sorry, Rutgers, but or, you know, it wasn't same with Maryland. Like Maryland's now a part of the Big Ten, but it wasn't right. It wasn't was like part that. of what you wanted yeah. to do. Yeah, Got it was it. more of a basketball school too at that time. It was, so it was like, yeah. you know, I just that wasn't really what I was like looking for. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I guess, I decided like that's you know what I want to do. And then I mean, I they're wanna... known for their dance program. Yeah, now you they, can admit yeah, that. you yes. can. She can begrudgingly admit that. That we're better than you at everything, including dance, especially. <laughs> by the way, one of my claims. Oh, okay. Fame, one of my claims. I'm a little uncomfortable. By I'm like way, sweaty. I will say this: one of our claims to fame, my, my claims to fame, is that I made the Michigan dance team my freshman year. Uh huh. And then they told you that you had to stay there over the summers. Mm-hmm. And I was a counselor at oh, my camp. Okay. And I chose being able to come home over the summers over mm. being on the dance team, which I still sometimes regret, but also don't in a weird way because yeah. I ended up doing all this extracurricular dancing at college that I wouldn't have been able to really participate in through my sorority and just other things that I choreographed. Um, but I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I made that. I like made all the cuts. And then they're mm-hmm. like, the next round would be, or the next step is you come back and you stay here all summer to practice or all of August or whatever it was. And yeah. I wasn't willing to compromise my camp experience that I still wanted to ha- go have. And now I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Like when I went when I went back to, to Michigan this past um, October for a game, I was watching the girls on the field. I'm like, I literally mm-hmm. said to my kids, I'm like, that would have been mommy. But she was <laughs> dumb at the time and decided not to yeah, do but that. You don't know what your path yeah, is. Like I was like I 19 mean, years old. Like it's a very hard decision. That's, yeah. You know, and whatever you decided at the time was the right decision at the time. You yeah. can't really look back on it. And think from what I know about you, like one of your core values is family. And like that is far. It's it far. I didn't want to live it's in Michigan over the summer. I wanted to be back with her, my yeah. mom. And yeah. it's funny. And you have such my limited dad. opportunities yeah. while in school to be able to travel Interestingly home. enough. Like, so true. That's all call, I wanted the at the call time. there is so interesting because Jamie and I are so inseparable, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, I don't even remember that mm-hmm. because I was already working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. four years older than her. Oh, right. So like we did, not to say it was like, silent the way you were because mm. we were together growing up but Which like we're four years were, apart we so did she have, was gone she had I was that alone silence. in the house with my right. mom she, and it's yeah. funny my dad just said something yesterday the two of us where they were making some reference to some diner that they used to go to all the time I'm like this is in my gray space like I don't I don't no, know like, this diner reference diner? and sure enough they said um they said oh Must that you were in your college <laughs> you were in Richmond and then I was like okay 
cool. Bye, guys. And then you realize, like, that's a big chunk of time it's where I was doing something else. Yeah. And we caught up, though. Yeah. We, I mean, out. she moved in with me when she graduated. Yeah. But. We figured it out since then. Okay. So, yeah. normally, the next question is, what was your aha moment? I think we figured that out. We had our aha moment, which, by the way, to our listeners, is rare. Like, you're not always going to have your aha moment, mm. like, when you're 15 as a CIT, realizing that that's something you want to do maybe for the rest of your life. Or maybe you don't realize it at the time, but you figure it out pretty quickly. So during college, did you have any internships? Like, what did you start doing to earn a living? Or what was your first job out of school? Like, take us there now. Like, yeah, like yeah. And, and your mind was like, I'm a dancer, but I also like... Right. So I went and I, I made the dance team. I knew I didn't want to be a dance major because I was concerned about injury. And like, I wanted to explore all the other like into intellectual, not that dance isn't intellectual, but I wanted to explore like all the other um, classes that were open to me. So I was actually a criminology major. Oh, cool. And um, I took a lot of sociology classes, criminal justice classes, because I thought, okay, maybe, you know, my mom works in cybersecurity. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. What if I took it a step further and was in like the FBI, you know, and like. Um, maybe you are in the FBI. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> You never know. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> not my real name. <laughs> and uh, it, I just there was some point where I realized, like, I, I actually really want to have a family. Um, and I don't know if this lifestyle is conducive to that. So I was just, again, caught in that like web of like wondering of like, what am I going to do? And I took a class, a psychology class where we had to observe um, kids at the one of the campuses uh, classrooms. And I hated it. <laughs> I was like, this is so bogus. And these teachers are doing it all wrong. Like, that's like the attitude of like a college kid, you know? Yeah. And I, I didn't really dawn on me that that's what I wanted to do. And then I took, um, I, I explained this a couple of weeks ago that I had taken an African-American studies class. And the teacher, I took that too. it was great. It was like, just like the content, the curriculum was really interesting. But the teacher was so distant. Like he was like all the way over there, you know, and like his class is up here. And Ohio is not n known for being one of the like most diverse places. And like, as like a black student, I was like, this is a disgrace. Like you need to be like involved and like, you know, like energized and like showing resiliency, joy, you know, like all the creative things that our um, culture has to offer. And that's when I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be a professor one day. Like I'm going to do this different. And so that, you did have an aha moment. I of. did. Yeah, yeah kind of there. But it, I thought like, you know, once I graduate, I'm going to go to California. I'm going to do the dance thing. I'm just going to explore studios. I'm going to do whatever. So I graduated and I was looking online on Craigslist for things that I could do over the summer. Craigslist. Is that Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. OK. Yeah. And um, over the summer, I saw a uh, ad come up for you can get your master's for free at George Washington University. They'll pay for you to go to school and you'll be guaranteed to have a position in Fairfax County Public Schools the second year after you go through the program. So okay. Like, All right. Like, talk about no experience. I talked to my sister and I was like, I don't have any experience, but like, should I do it? And she's like, uh, yeah. You know, she's like, you also don't have a job. You also don't have yeah. any direction. Like, what else are you going to do? And I went in for the interview and I came out just feeling like I did that. You know, mm -hmm. like, yeah. I did that. And uh, yeah, that's where I got started going to school with um, at GW for, for my master's degree a Three or four months after I graduated college. Maybe, not even that, like maybe two months. after. So you I never did college. the California thing. I never did the California thing. Mm -mm. I did maybe like a week. I went to go visit a friend and um, 
took classes like over the summer since teachers had the summer off and I took classes and it was okay, you know. LA's not like here. Yeah. And I was like, you know, same thing. Like what would have happened? But like now after reflecting on it, I'm like, no, New York's more my vibe. Yeah. Totally with you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you too. Okay. So I love that. So then you get your master's and then talk us through kind of after that. Like, how did you get into, um, and by the way, we should mention that Monika, we're working with her as a partner because she's, you know, reinvigorating, launching, um, brainstorming this incredible program that she calls the educationalist method, which we're going to talk about. Um, But I'd love to know kind of a little bit, just a quick overview of the history of, you know, twenty three-year-old Monika now, like when you started, oh you, boy. Oh, you <laughs> taught for a bunch, mm-hmm. then you moved to New Jersey, you had your children. Um, how did you get into curriculum? And give us a little overview there. So you started as a teacher yeah. and then you moved into cur- curriculum planning yeah. and things like so that. So I started as a teacher and I was doing special education. So when I did get hired into that school, I had a special education position teaching social studies. But the only way that I could... um get that position, hold that position was if I taught student government. And there's um, your criminology, criminal justice. Okay. Well, ah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it kind of connects. Yeah. yeah. And then like all that like leadership, like rah-rah cheerleader, like we're doing the homecoming game, we're doing the pep rallies, you know, like all this stuff that I like. And it it took me out of like a small class environment to the general population, which I loved. And ironically, that is where I met my husband. We were teaching together in the classroom and we were um, collaborating together. I saw an article. When I Google you, you come Uh up in like a really cute article. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're we're like, yeah, there's something. Everybody needs to Google this article. We'll post it. It was like it was a cute social studies, too. It was a cute article meeting at work or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we did this uh, student government and we um, well, because I'm bossy and controlling, I came in and I re- revamped the whole program. And it was then that I realized, like, I have this way of seeing things where I can take systems and I can just restructure them in a way that builds these ecosystems in these communities that bring students um, together. And that it's it's almost like Project-based learning, I guess, is what they call it now, where it's like you give students a task and throughout that task, I'm just a facilitator. I'm just like stepping in occasionally, but I give them the big overarching like goal and then they have to work towards that. Right. I love it. And yeah. And so I redid that. And from there, I started to feel like okay, I've done this. So I applied to another job. And By the I, way, that's like a little bit of a side hustle. I love this. <laughs> so here's an example of somebody who this not was not her day job. She was a social studies teacher. Yeah. And then she started doing this stuff for the student government and it started to spark something in her, right? Yeah. So we give this advice all the time and it's like, you know, it may not be, you're not in the dream job, but you're finding the dream in the job, right? You're, yes, and we yes. give that advice, like, it's one of my favorite lines. Sometimes it finds you. It finds you. And yeah. all of a sudden, you're doing this thing on the side at your day job, and you're like, is this actually what I'm meant to be doing? Like, yeah. I love this, and maybe I want to explore that. Yeah. Or figure out places that allow me to do that, too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it balanced out, I mean... So eventually I I started working with students who have learning disabilities. But while I was in my first position, I was working with students who have emotional disabilities. And it's really heavy. And so it's a lot to bring home. And um, what the student government did was it balanced out that heaviness. Yeah. So you weren't just like for me, like explore creatively rather than, you know, just thinking about that. Yeah. 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 And um, 
Yeah. So I, I applied to another position at a private school where they were looking for service learning coordinators. So I got the, got the job at the private school and I revamped that program of service learning where students get graduation credits when they go out and they do service learning. But the system was really messed up. Like kids had paper that they would come in and they would like forge the signatures or they would blame the previous coordinator for losing their um, paperwork and hours. And it was just really a mess. And so I came through and I put everything on electronically. I found a system where the kids could download an app on their phone and it would communicate to the um, other community organizations. I made it a uh, tiered system. So my whole philosophy was like, you don't take arithmetic as a senior. So your service should be as advanced as your academics, right? So going and just like donating money to an organization is not service for a senior. You know, I need you in the community. I need you face to face, right? And so um, one of the uh, one of the quotes that I used was like, you say, you know, the poor name them, you know, to like challenge my kids. Mm-hmm. And it elevated to these students coming with me. I used to drive like a bus around. We actually came up from Virginia to Camden did a three-night overnight in Camden at a nursing home, at a homeless shelter. They stayed overnight. It was like a big retreat. Um, And these students who never had done service before, all of a sudden were going on service trips. There was a service trip to Costa Rica. There was a service trip, you know, all over the place that these kids were now having access to. And um, that's, again, where I was like, okay, I can take these programs, these systems, and I can just, you know, sprinkle a little bit of sauce, change it up a little bit, and give these students these transformational experiences. Um, And that leads me to like where I got the confidence today after I had my third um, baby Miles. I had gone back to grad school again. I got my second master's in administration and supervision. And from that, I realized I want to be in the classroom, but I don't want to or in the school, but I don't want to do it how they're doing it. You know, Mm. there's just so much limitations to what they're doing. I'm like overwhelmed with feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm so sorry. I was like, I have to take a breath. (laughs) Like crush. Okay. (laughs) I have a dream crush on you. Oh, I I got to let you know that I got a crush on you. (laughs) I feel like what you're saying, you know, you think about we think about our voice, right? And we think about how we want to raise our voice so that we can help a lot of people. Mm. Um, and, you know, we're actually, as your partner, trying to help you establish more of a presence yeah. in the world that's outside of the one that you've created in your mm. in your mind, right? And with your, your nucleus. And yet, when I'm hearing you talk, I realize that your most impactful gifts are one-on-one, where you your end game is is bettering an individual so that they go out in the world and they better their piece of the world. And mm-hmm. it's just a little bit at a time. And I really think your approach, and I also am a parent, excuse me, I have a student that you have mentored directly and indirectly. And and I, I have to say my my daughter is a is a, a good student and I'm mm-hmm. fortunate that way. But she also socially, although on paper you know, fine socially is Mm. actually fairly reserved. Mm. And I saw her blossom um, under your tutelage. Mm. So I'm, you know, and I think about, you think about the teachers that really make a difference in your life Mm. and how they shape you and the choices that you make 
and and some of what your work, this work, is bigger than just making a statement on social media. Yeah. So I give you, I give you that credit. You. I, I really do. That. Thank you. That's I'm I'm honored by that. Thank you. So you 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 come here and you get your master's or I don't know your seven thousandth degree, <laughs> and now what are you doing? I mean, I know what you're doing, but like, yes. let's tell the world what you're doing. So now I have a educational consulting company where I work with schools, particularly students who are in grades six through 11, sixth grade to 11th grade on um, social emotional learning is the tag that mm-hmm. I fall under. And um, I Probably work the most inc- important kind. Yes, mm. exactly. I use music and movement to tap into their creative genius. You know, um, I think that if a student is not emotionally available to learn, you're not going to get the full capacity of that student. And so um, my philosophy is just to play essentially, but there's, I call it the method because there's a method behind my madness, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a process that I take there's planning that goes into all creating that that space that feels secure and that feels psychologically safe for students to learn. And that's what I work with with schools on is being able to tap into that part of a student where they can feel vulnerable so that you can get the best quality of work after them out of them, but also so that they don't have to then pretend Mm -hmm. and go out and use um, drugs, alcohol you know, promiscuity to fulfill what they already have inside. Mm -hmm. You know, that was one of the things that I noticed when my last year in the classroom, you know, I'm being called to go to meetings. I'm being called to do this. I want to be with my students and I want to plan, you know, and um, I also want to leave my work at home so that I can be available for my own children, you know, and when I'm getting called to all these meetings, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And right before my very eyes, that's when vaping was really big. Right before my very eyes, I saw these kids come in my that last year of my teaching. I saw them come in with so much potential, like these were bright. And as the year went on, I just saw it slipping away. They Their whole personality changed um, because of drugs, mm-hmm. you know, and um we just, as educators, we're not paying attention because we were so concerned with like checking boxes, you know, when like, like my clients are my students, mm. you know? like that's, that's where my job is. That's where my purpose is, you know, and that, that trumps everything. And that's when I was like, I, I have to do this some other way. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, the goal, I mean, I would think you're only one person. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can do this hands on for so many clients. Yeah. Or so many schools. Um, would the goal be that eventually you train others to be Manikas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's so funny that you say that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure my mom loves that too. She's like, wow, more Manikas in the world. <laughs> um, so it all started with a teacher, right? It all starts with an educator. So when I was in um, my final school, there was a principal, assistant principal, Dr. Mary McDowell, who- Hey, Dr. Mary. Dr. Mm-hmm. McDowell, I love you. Um, she was challenging though. She was tough and she was one of those um, professionals who everyone was like scared of, right? My favorite kind. My mm-hmm. favorite kind. Love to break them. Yes. And that's what I did. She she would come into my classroom to observe and she saw what I was doing. And she wrote a grant for me to have um, 
standing desks, but like really nice standing desks, right? And I'm working with kids who have learning disabilities. And so their dignity has been stripped away since they first started the, the special education classroom. And my cl- kids had these like, it was like a cafe. My classroom was like a cafe. They had these standing desks. They had, we used to use those like big blow up exercise balls because, you know, some of my students have ADHD. So they're like, you know, constantly moving. So the exercise ball would allow for them to focus while they're on their, you know, computer. And, um, Dr. McDowell was the one who wrote money for me to be able to do that, you know, and um, I just I'm just so grateful for her for like recognizing my potential. But what she also did was she hooked me up with the new teachers, the new special education teachers who came into our department. And she was like, here, start a professional learning community with these guys. And so that's how I was able to gather data to show um you know, in grad school, like this is what I'm doing. These are, this is what happens when I introduce these policies and these protocols to these new teachers. And this is the result from the new teachers and what they're seeing in their classrooms. So hopefully I will be able to supervise new- Train new people in your method. I love that. Under my method. Yeah. I want to start by supervising at like a community college and then from there, yeah, pull out- into my own method. Well, I can't wait to see that all happen. Thank you. I love that so much. Thank you. Yeah, me too. So tell us how you got into this, you know, our word of the day, which we just, mm. you know, uh, you know, I, I, I chose this word for, we chose this word because not only obviously do, do we learn about you that spoken word is so much of who you are now, but also just, you know, our voice. And Marissa said that earlier, I almost mm-hmm. did voice, but I just felt like word was kitschier and catchier and cuter um <laughs> catchy catchy and cute um so, say that five times it. so tell us about spoken word um your partnership with project right now this is how a lot of our children in Fairhaven got to know you miss rosa mm-hmm. that they know you as and um tell us a little bit about how that has i don't know advanced your learning also because this is a new part of who you are and you've learned this new method or this new medium for your creativity and how others could maybe benefit from it or how you're incorporating it into your day and your life. Yeah. So I first got introduced to spoken word at that first school that I started working at. There was a teacher, Jana Poliello, who would pull kids in her English classes and put on a coffee house. And I remember, yes. And it was just this like intimate setting. And this school, I should back up and say, was one of the like bad schools in the district. And um, there were students who I think about 70% of the students were on free and reduced lunch. And um, there were 80 different languages spoken in that school was a suburb right out of DC. And they were really bad at sports. And like, they just had this reputation, right. And so when I first got hired, I was like, Oh, man, you know, like this school has this, you know, and kind of fell into that. But then I went to this coffee house, and I saw these kids and I saw their talent. And they put on um this show where again they were making they were making the programs they were the MCs they did everything Jan trained them to do everything and I watched them do spoken word and that was when um, deaf poetry jam yeah. was really popular and so I just always had this allure to. You had a you had a dream crush on on spoken. I had the dream crush on them because (laughs) these students, I could see, wow, look at these kids. They're 16 years old and they're doing this. Like and it never left me. And then when I moved here, I was taking a teacher collaborative class with 
Jennifer Chauhan, who's the director of Project Right Now. And I told her what I wanted to do with the educationalist method. And she was like, let's go to coffee. And we sat and two hours later, you know, she's like, I can get you into schools, no problem. And it turned out that there was an opening. The woman who wanted to do the spoken word project for Project Right Now in seventh grade um, backed out for health reasons. And she was like, I have this opportunity for you. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yes. <laughs> well, to be honest, yes. I was like, Eek. am I ready? Yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, like I'm a pretty private person and I've never been like Miss Rosa in my community. You know yeah. what I mean? And so to go to the grocery store and have like, yeah, yeah. you're like a local celeb. It, yeah. It's hard. You really I are know. a local I, celeb. I, I, get, I get that. I get that. <laughs> it's different. I, I get that. It's different. So I was like, I guess so, you know, because like I also, you know, yeah, but you can you can idea. break you can break in in your home and then utilize it elsewhere where it's yes. almost like a safe safe break in. Yeah, it is, was a very healthy risk. Yeah, right. And exactly. and I'm down in my basement, like like I have all these theories, you know, like a mad scientist. But it's like my theory is crap if I don't actually install it, right? And if hip hop pedagogy and spoken word doesn't work in Fairhaven, then it's not going to work anywhere. Fair. Mm. Right? Actually, let's, that's that's real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. And that's how I landed. I mean, in- that was the most. <laughs> I honestly think, I honestly think that Sienna and crew will look back on their elementary and middle school years and collectively say that that was some of their most Mm. enriching moments. I mean, you know, you grow up and you remember things from growing up that are like, they're like literally, tidbits. they're like, just like, they're like just little impressions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I can picture the music room at my school. I can picture um, the programs that we had that were, you know, extracurricular, or we used to take like these enrichment courses that of course I loved. And then Jamie loved. I mean, I learned mm. calligraphy in third mm. grade. Like there are things that I remember from growing up that really are impactful, right? Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. either create your hobby or create your personality or or help you to heal or help you to cope. Because, mm-hmm. by the way, life is hard. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's really hard And for God willing, kids. it's long. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and also when you're teaching in Fairhaven versus other places— um, that are less fortunate, you can almost, I think it's important for the educator to be able to find the common denominator. Absolutely. Because it is really a similar challenge yeah. for what you would think would be a confident student mm. to get to that vulnerability versus a student that doesn't have the same resources, but yet can find it mm-hmm. yeah. maybe quicker. Yeah, it almost yeah. evens the playing field to see it from both ways. I love that. Snaps. Yes. I love that. Um, so so I, I, in, in college, I always have loved working with kids too, but I didn't, I could not figure out how to do it these ways. Mm. Um, so I teach this way. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I taught in an inner city program mm-hmm. at my school at the same exact time. I also took, um, there was this program called um, junior achievement. I don't know if you know it, but mm. It was teaching business classes Mm. to fifth grade. And um, I would go into fifth grade classrooms and I must have been getting served. I have no idea why I did these things, but whatever. And I was teaching junior achievement and I was in the Fairhaven 
for the business class, and I was in the not fair haven for the other piece. Just kidding. And um, the difference was powerful, but the the similarities yes. were even more powerful. Mm. And I really learned emotionally there. So speaking of, yeah. Fairhaven is a very gifted, beautiful place where we are very fortunate. That doesn't mean we can't learn and be better. Right. So right. True. So I commend you for bringing that, that. That doesn't mean that they don't experience grief, sadness, exactly. depression. It doesn't anxiety. mean that because they have that they don't have not. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that is important because in our culture, we spend so much time, you know, I mean, what, what do we say? We're trying to teach the whole child. So we spend right. a lot of time on the children that need mm-hmm. because we've gotten wise. But what about the children that need less? Does that mean they don't need? Right. 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 And this allows them to be even better humans. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I I won't give the I, I will get to the spoiler alert. So Manika is now working with Sienna privately. Yeah. Um, with her songwriting. And it. because Sienna is a singer and I think, you know, she's very interested in being a triple or quadru- quadruple threat. Yeah. And if you so have, powerful. if you're dreaming big at, you know, 13, she'll be 14 on Saturday, she knows that she needs to be songwriting in order to translate into other pieces of the business. Mm. If Taylor, if Taylor's taught us nothing, you got to write your own stuff, yeah, Taylor. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you got to be in control and you gotta, of it. And you got to own it. You, you got to know your own library. You got to own your own library yeah. and you got to write it all so yourself. We yeah. have, <laughs> yeah, we have Miss Rosa coming to our home and I feel super, super fortunate for that. Um, I don't really think that that, when she has her entire regime going, I don't know you'll have, if you'll have time for that. Luckily, Always have time I'm in the neighborhood. Sienna. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right down the street. And so, I love that so much. And I love that she's doing that with you. Um, So I know that we're on a time limit here and, you know, we could talk to you forever. I I know you guys are. I just love listening to your your voice and what you're saying. So we have a couple of poignant questions and then want to make sure that we get any kind of shameless plug in for what you have coming up. Mm. Um, First and foremost, our, our next question is, is again, related to when we coach usually job seekers or people that are looking to pivot or start something else. Um, We like to kind of dig deep and talk about people's superpowers. We believe, I'm sure you agree, that everyone comes to this planet, this, I don't know, life with something that other people don't bring. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to figure out what your superpower is. So we have like a worksheet that we do with people. But um what do you believe? I mean, I could probably list 10 right now for you, but what do you feel is your superpower? So obviously you're inspirational, you're all the things, but do you feel that, you know, Miss Rosa or Manika brings something specific besides, of course, some of the stuff we've already covered, um, you know, to your everyday? And if so, what is that? And then also with that, is there a mantra that you say to yourself or is there mm. something like that you say to others that helps to kind of remind you of that power mm. each day? Um Because I do think that that's something people struggle with when you wake up every morning. Like, why am I doing this? Like, Mm. what's my superpower? What am I bringing to every day? And then what can I say to myself to remind me of that? Um, Anything that comes to mind? Wow. I love these questions, by the way. Like, you guys are very intentional, and I really appreciate that. I, too, am an introvert. And so... um, I like intention and meaning, and I just love these questions that you guys are throwing. Well, if you think me. about it, these the what we offer is almost adult thought 
to what you're trying to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. We're I know. Picking I love up what you're putting. I down. loved how you said like you're scrappy, you know, like I'm yeah. a scrappy uh, Pearson or whatever. And you guys are the mm-hmm. scrappy like corporate version of that. Like, yeah. I just, yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, what was the question? <laughs> what What's your superpower? You a superpower, <laughs> a mantra, anything like that? Yeah. So thank you for, you know, saying all those qualities about me. I think when I think about that question deeply, I'm reminded of an experience that I had with my mom. Um, several years ago, we were eating Chinese food and we opened up uh, fortune cookies, right? And there was this word on there and I was like, mom, what is like unobtrusive, I think was the word. Like, what does that mean? And, you know, she explained to me like, you're not, you like don't dabble into people's like privacy. You allow people to be kind of who they are. And she was like, yeah, that's you. And I was like, really? You know? And I think about that with like what I do in the classroom mm. and people who surround me, you know, like I think my superpower is like I just let people kind of like be in their thoughts, mm. you know. So when my students are like vigorously writing I'm not at my desk ignoring. I'm just kind of sitting and watching them and allowing for them to breathe in that moment because it's like fun for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun for me to like watch people By have the way, that their That is a superpower. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And you could have said a lot of other things that you're obviously fabulous at, <laughs> like rhythm and, you know, all this stuff. But what, what was the word? Unob- unob- Unobtrusive. Yeah. I love that. What if you can't spell it? I can spell it. Okay. For you. Um, yeah. And what about a mantra? Do you like just say that over to be unintrusive? Be unobtrusive. Oh, my other um, mantra comes from my mom. Since mom? That, since, yes. She's my amazing. She is. She is amazing. Talk about a superhero. She is amazing. Oh, I love that. Um, But she has told me since I was young, I'm very quick. I'm really impatient. She's told me, Slow down. <laughs> and she does it just like that. And I'm like, uh-huh, 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 right? Like, I just want to leave the conversation right away. And it hasn't hit me until recently. Like, you know, practice patience, right? Like, yeah. Especially with kids, you know, my own. That's my New Year's resolution every single year. Practice patience. Be more patient. Yeah. Yeah. And try to look at it from different perspectives. And so going to your question about like when I wake up in the morning, you know, what inspires me? Like I found that I can't lean on the general definition of inspiration because that is more of like a feeling to some people. Mm -hmm. So I had to switch my perspective to be more of a discipline. So I wake up in the morning, I set my alarm at five o'clock every morning. I pray, I meditate, I go to the gym. I make sure that I have that like focus time. I say my affirmations. I say my ideals of what I hope to be to other people. And I'm disciplined about it because if I'm not disciplined, then like I miss the inspiration. You know, I'm too busy Mm. up here wandering around in my own mind that I miss what's happening in reality. You know, like my feet are planted on the ground, but my head's up in the the clouds. Right. And so I have to stay. Same girl, same. Disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much that we have. So your mantra is your movement. Yeah. Hmm. I like the disciplined inspiration. I think that's a really interesting concept that we all just as busy moms, professionals, anyone out there listening you know, whether it's five in the morning. The morning. <laughs> I was about to say whether well, it's Well, my kids wake up at six, so I fine. need some distance. I was about to say, if it's not five in the morning, Marissa, 
and it's, it's twelve thirty a.m. for you, and you just mm-hmm. need like I've yeah. always been more of a night person than a yeah. morning person. I love this I, concept of disciplined inspiration, and and that's you know just to to shout out our our dear friend, another dream partner of ours, uh, Meredith Koloski, who Ming knows, um, taught me how to meditate, mm. and I never meditated before really twenty eighteen when I met her on a Tootsie retreat in Tulum, and she really just explained we were watching the ocean come in and out. She's like, this is meditation. That's all that it is. Yeah, it's taking deep breaths. It's 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 being intentional, um, disciplined inspiration, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, even if you have to take five deep, real deep inhales and exhales, like in the shower, that's meditation. Yeah. Um, and so I love this concept of of intentional meditation or or disciplined inspiration. I think you know, and that all rhymes. Look at me. I'm like, yeah, spoken word. Coming to this, you coming to this open mic next week? <laughs> oh my god! Like just did like a little. But like we didn't even talk about that. Like when you did your thing, Wait, I'm gonna make her do it in a minute. Oh boy! Um, oh god! So before reprise, we, before we have her do, I, I prepped her to be fair. I, I was like, can you do like a small something oh god, on so air? Amazing. Um, so we're gonna let her do that in our last five minutes. But um, two last questions. One, do you have any advice for somebody out there that's feeling the way that you felt, where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you're meant to be doing something else? Um, and you like went and you did it. Like you're like, I'm going to redo. But you redo. were methodical and researched like and took listen, your time. Yeah. And people yeah. might and listen that's to your hard. story. This is not a dig, but people might listen to your story. Like, okay, like I want to redo the way these teachers are teaching and <laughs> then I'm going to just do it, you know? Yeah. And you got pretty lucky. You had great mentors. Any advice out there for, I'm sure there's many people, whether it's in a school system, in a corporate environment where you know in your heart that you could do it differently or better, or you have an idea of how it could be done differently. Because I myself have struggled with that where you're like, I know this could be done differently. Like, how do I actually like say that to someone? Like, by the way, your way sucks. Like amateur hour. I say it all the time. Jamie says it one out of three minutes a day. I'm like, it's so amateur Actually, you should fix it. I just need to do it like a little different. Jamie's walking around with constructive criticism wrapped up in a flow. Just change the way you do this, like from top to bottom. Like, I have an idea. Can you start over and let me do it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Can you give us any advice about how you really like were able Able to find that courage to mm. make change and for yourself and for others. I think it was Blanche. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yes, it was Blanche. That's what I was like. I know this. I've been really mom heavy, but um, but I think that's special. It's, it's gratitude. Yes. It's that time of year. And like, listen, your mom, I don't I haven't met her. I don't think. But I look forward to it. Yes, she will love her. And every all my friends do like they're like my Blanche. Like, I love Blanche. Like, she's just this incredible human being, but she is also very, the one thing about my mom is she's very direct, right? You don't have to guess what's happening, you know? And that's something that I struggled with as like being a people pleaser, you know, I'm like, how do I do this? You know, my mom's very direct. And um, I remember coming home from one of my first days teaching, so upset by how the principal had responded to one of my ideas. And I, I literally crawled into her bed, mommy, you know, I'm bawling. And she's rubbing my hair and she says, just remember how you feel right now when you are in charge. Just Mm. remember that. Remember this moment, you know? And um, like that has stuck with me about like how we treat people, you know? And I just, that 
is like what's underlying all my work, you know, is that like when we talk about like people who were inspired by there's a um, guy, Chris Edmond, who runs the hip hop organization, um, Hip Hop Pedagogy. And he wrote this book for white people who teach in the hood and the rest of y'all, too. And <laughs> it's so good. Dangerous Minds. It's so good. The exactly. <laughs> and he um, has this whole program now. But he I've gone to um, his little Twitter talks and he's on it. You know, and he's present and he's visible and he's it's not like a hierarchy, right? Like he's like the godfather of this idea of bringing hip hop education into the classroom. And he is so ordinary, you know, you wouldn't even know because that's how he treats people. And um, I just I just love that. Like never forget like what it feels like not to be heard. Mm. I love that. All right, our last question. And also not so give up if someone yeah. doesn't hear you. Yeah, and just and keep, not keep like, going. Right, right. Person, I say that all the time. Never keep going. Just Maybe never it, wasn't, it wasn't the right fit. That doesn't right. mean it's it not the right, the right idea. Time. Right, right. So our last question, just as a, 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 because we're looking at this, by the way, no one can see it but us, but it's this like enormous clock telling us how much time we have left. <laughs> like a shot clock in Yeah, they're like, we need to be done. Um, <laughs> Bye. So, so I just want to, yeah, shot clock. Um I want to take a moment because, you know, we we alluded to this concept over the course of our conversation about what we call a dream crush, which, by the way, for those, you know, real the for the real ones, it used to be called brand crush. And we switched it recently. We rebranded our dream crush, which basically means that we have like a true unadulterated crush on somebody <laughs> on somebody or something that we find inspiration in that we want to follow along whether on social media um or what they're doing just because the way they're doing it is inspirational to us because yeah. and and we then better our business and our model after these businesses that we have crushes on. So obviously we have a crush on Monika, the duh. duh. Um, Feelings mutual. Yeah. Um, besides the dream catchers, do you have any dream crushes? Like any other companies? <laughs> no, you guys are the only one. I'm monogamous. Thank you. <laughs> well, we obviously just heard about this this man that you yes, just alluded you, to. And you've mentioned a lot of great people. Yes. Yeah, so. any, any other crushes that you have? Yeah. So Project Right Now mm-hmm. obviously is a shameless plug. Mm-hmm. Um one organization that I work really closely with. And Jennifer is the same way as Chris, right? Jennifer is the founder and creator of Project Right Now. And she is similar in that she makes sure when we have contact, she's like, what is your schedule like? Like, I'm going to zoom in and call you. And she'll sit and have a conversation with me for 15 minutes. You know, that organizational management kind of stuff where it's like, you know, your people. It's not just like a email out to everyone and it's not you know it's not like touching people like she knows how to like touch her instructors Mm -hmm. but also what they do creatively going into schools after school workshop there's a um, open mic night happening on December 19th in Count Basie Theater that they're starting to do the way that she plugs into this community surrounding community is really impressive Um, so yeah so project right now and there's another spoken word artist uh, who really hyped me up when I was developing curriculum for uh, Fairhaven. Her name is Ebony Stewart. And she wrote a book, Homegirlhood. And I don't have the book, but I've seen parts of the PDF. And it is a really meticulously outlined curriculum on how to teach spoken word poetry. But she also just stands in her truth. She is powerful. I love the way her cadence is, her rhythm. She is just so dope. I, If I could ever meet her, I would 
faint like I saw Michael Jackson. Like she <laughs> is. <laughs> that is a true that, drink crush. Yeah. yeah. You're like, dear yeah. Ebony. Are you <laughs> dear Ebony. I'll like, get my Instagram up if it means that you would club. DM me. Yes, I yes. did. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, well, this was such a joy. I also feel like spoken word, other than like the hip hop community, but spoken words had a moment in the last few years because of, um, Amanda oh, Gorman. Yes, thank you mm-hmm. for making mm-hmm. me look <laughs> smart. Um, because of Amanda Gorman was so mm-hmm. recognized by everyone. Yes. Who, by the way, did you know how to speech impediment? Yes, I did. Has a speech impediment? She no. does have a speech impediment. I did not know mm-hmm. that. When I actually, when I was, I little fun fact about me, which won't shock you when I'm like into something, I like obsess over it. And then I like pause. The, I'm like in the middle of her speech, like pausing and Googling her to like understand. Mm. And during it where I'm like, I'm the person on IMDb, like figuring out who everyone is in a movie while I'm watching the movie. Um, and Dave's like, can her you please is, stop? My brain is rough. Speaking it's... of slow down. But anyway, <laughs> I. It's, it's speaking very, of needing a bouncy ball. Yes. <laughs> totally. I need an adult version of that. I've, I've worked through it. But no, I was I was going to say about her. I Googled her during like pretty much mm. during her speech or right after. And I found out she had an impediment. And I thought that was incredible. Yes. Anyway, look at us. We have three minutes left Woo! for our buzzer. Oh, my um, gosh. So I wanted to give Monika if you'd have if you if you'd humor us okay the chance just because we're live just because we could record it a little mini snippet of your gift okay if i if we had more space we'd get up and dance oh my god so we don't need to dance but i mean you did two in april or one june or whatever month it was that wasn't this month Uh um in the spring (laughs) yes spring spring, season yes yes and i was mind blown by what you did (laughs) and i also have seen you perform was a board of ed meeting Yes. Oh, that was really fun, too. Wow. That was really cool. See, I've gone to as many shows as you've gone to. We're even. Um, Number one fan. Um, Okay. So do it. Do do you have a preference for any one of the ones that I did? Or I could also take it back, do a cover from a performance that I've done before. Whatever your order. I mean, I love all the things that you've said. So just, just a go. snippet. We don't have a ton of time. I think yeah. Big says he has somebody okay. coming in here right after us. So we're okay. trying to be mindful. But yeah. we just want our audience and you. I just want to hear it again. Okay. It was just- I'm closing my eyes. Okay. Um, how about I just do a little snippet of um, Stank Face? Just a little bit I of love it. it. I love, I love it. Stank Face. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, I'm ready. Okay. She needs to. Stank Face. Um when eyebrows, mouth, and nose work together to express that sensation sensation in your chest you get while experiencing something delicious, rather suspicious, happening out of the ordinary, extraordinary, like that rare moment in class when your teacher asks for everyone to find a partner. You mentally perform the gritty, all giddy at this miraculous occasion of unassigned groups (laughs) you and your entourage walk around with this visage because for the briefest of moments gravity has been suspended and you've been upended into the element of surprise a cosmic recognition of syncopated exposition loaned to us by the mystics it is an uncanny transformation like how this generation went from talking in a regular cadence to literally this like really high and 
flexion. <laughs> it is the downward direction of the mouth, not out of disgust, but out of the must needed satisfaction going from smile to frown in a fraction of a second because that hit was a bop. It's the inability to stop your scowl. It's what the lips begin to do as if you just smelled something extremely foul. Not to be mistaken for a bowel movement or seafood left in the trash for over a week or bare feet that come out of shoes that refuse to wear socks or the wet dog that runs in through the house without first being doused by shampoo spray or the sweltering day in the middle of July or teenagers who lie and say they put deodorant on. But if that was the case, then Old Spice should be sued for defamation or the importation of coffee hitting the tongue of someone whose breath makes you want to offer them a full house of Tic Tacs. No, DJ Tanner, don't be confused. This face that we use is less in the question of who farted and more. Matt Damon from The Departed, silent, deadly, unexpected. Yes, but instead of cutting the cheese, you say, dog, please, you don't want to see me and these hands. And that's where we'll end it. (laughs) It's like you follow every single second of it. I got it so visual. I'm like... And so, and then I also, then I need to like process it. I'm like, so she's describing what a teenager's face looks like. How amazing was that? Ming is very into you, except for the fact that you're a Buckeye. Um, This was was so good. I I like you, Ming. Uh, (laughs) And can you imagine being like, first of all, I said to her, I'm ending with this. Click. I have had to go into the seventh grade. I've said this to you before, on camera and off. Mm. I think we're off camera, but now on. I had to go into the seventh grade for a program, similar program to this, but for seventh grade. And I have done everything professionally. I have spoken to hundreds of people. I've spoken to neurosurgeons that were retiring from Mount Sinai, Mm -hmm. okay, and thinking about what they were going to do next. I've talked to college kids Crowds of people, Jamie and I have moderated panels. The hardest professional day, other than last week when the lights went out during our event, Mm -hmm. um, the hardest professional day I have ever had was when I did a program for the seventh grade. Mm -hmm. But they're a hard audience. I came home. I took off, I mean, all my clothes. I laid down in a robe. (laughs) I took a blanket and I was done. Yeah, I could. I was not cool. I was not. <laughs> I was not young. I was not relatable. I was not funny. I was not smart. I was not anything. And the fact that you can do whatever that just was, <laughs> spoken word, and Thank relate you. to the hardest group of humans. They're tough. That is a superpower, my that friend. Thank you. Is unobstructed. No. <laughs> or unobstructed. Unobstructed. Whatever. It is unobstructed. I feel you. I receive you know what I mean. I love it. Unobstructed. Whatever. Unobtrusive, disciplined inspiration. There it is. Uh, love you. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thank, Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Share Universe. So Thank you, Solo Thank you, Bar. Thank you to Solo Bar for being our sponsor today. Thank you to Ming for having us at Shared Universe, our our home away from home now. And um, to Monika, our lovely guest. Thank you, guys. And this check her a out. Pleasure. What is, Thank you. What is your website? Educationalistmethod.com. Yep, educationalistmethod.com. We are working with Monika to get her social back up in order. We're yes. going to do that. Yes. Um, but find her there. Talk find about her. goals. Find goals. <laughs> We're bringing the inside out. Bring, and she will, you can find her on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and 
uh, Instagram coming soon and her website. And if they're interested, if they work at a school locally or they're part of a PTA or an organization that could bring you in, reach out. Yes, you know, this is what she's trying to do. Love to work with you. Um, Thank you for listening and thank you for being here. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye, everyone. Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out, www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light. Everybody's looking for something.